Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, talk to me, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Ain't nothing new. What's up with you? I cannot complain, man. As much as it would, I love to complain. It's something just uh, freeing about just getting it off your chest. Yeah. But I don't really have anything to complain about at the moment. You know, um, you know, April is a good month. Uh, we're going to Vegas in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be a good time. Just getting mentally prepared for that, you know, because we like to play little games and all that kind of stuff. So just kind of getting prepared for what to do at our booth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think as always, it'll come together in the final hour. I think we do best when we do less. Yeah overthinking it and all that stuff it's just not something that we it, we always do better when we just off the fly on the fly yeah. a little bit i yeah, think man. that's when we i think that's when we make the most magic so yeah i'm, I'm super excited for crime con and uh, yeah, i do like, have a question though man please. how are you feeling you know moving into your 30s man moving out of the 20s moving into your 30s I mean, tell me how you feel i know it's Ooh. like there's like some type of like uh just tell some me what's for what just, i don't know, you know that. just so I, that would help me Okay, Give so you what you want. it's just like, um, what should I this, be feeling? Is this a like? Obviously, it's another chapter in your life, right? Yes, closing the, for many reasons. Chapter on, on the twenties. Yeah, crazy memories, growing up for sure. Find out who you are, becoming an adult. Yeah, now you moving into your thirties. You know, you know, Magical. old old heads still call us, you know, babies for sure. Still, Some people like, take offense to that. Listen, yeah, subjectively, I am older. 
if you're 50, that's cool, man. You don't have to be like, huh, you're older, really? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm older than I was five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm older. Um, to answer your question, I would say, yeah, man, you know, um, I'm stepping into new chapters for many uh, reasons. Like, I mean, a year ago, yeah, yeah. my life looked a lot different than it, did, than it does today. And um, I'm happy with how my life, my life looks, but it, you know, it definitely um, is a new chapter. It's the beginning of a new chapter. Yeah. And then going into 30s is kind of like a new, another new chapter or like a new surprise within a new chapter that I'd already been on a journey on. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't feel any kind of like um, bittersweet or any of that type of stuff. Like I, I still feel very young. I am still very young. Yeah. I still have a bunch of stuff that I have in the very near future that I'm looking forward to accomplishing. So it's not even, it's not like I feel lost or anything like that. It's, it's, it's actually the opposite. I feel like I have all these things that I know I want to get done. Yeah. And so I'm really just kind of focused on like, yeah, yeah. Like the age thing is just uh, age, age ain't nothing but a number. And I'm more focused on just keeping on the path that I've put myself on. So yeah. yeah. Um, but, but you have to admit, it does feel weird to be like, it's like you in your twenties for 10 years. And it's like, I'm like you. You just like it's not like I'm saying like oh you're turning like sixty, but it's like yeah, it's just you. No, twenties are done. Being, like it's like twenties are done, but you when you were back when you were younger, you go, damn, you know thirty. <sighs> make it to thirty, then you get thirty. You go, damn, you know we made it to being thirty years old, and it's yeah. like it's that's it's still kind of for me it's still kind of crazy. Like it no, still feels still is like a weird feeling though. I'd agree with that. You also have things that anchor you more in into that than me you have yeah. two kids like yeah. so i still feel very youthful yeah, yeah yeah you know um i get that though and i do feel that i do feel like uh yeah man damn but you know my 20s were good man. i had good times in my 20s yeah. i have no complaints i have no regrets uh you know i did i had a lot of fun and i'm gonna continue to have fun like yeah. this is the thing it's like it doesn't feel like there's no finality to turning 30 for right me. right right like, I, that, that doesn't feel like a chat it doesn't feel like a chapter closing if that makes sense yeah but also it's just like you know like 30 is not old but it's like you turn 30 years old now you can see the distance between where you are being 30 and where you was at one point like being young it's like oh, as far as sure. like yeah yeah you know just social media and shit like that you go yeah, like yeah. now you so like some it's there's, a weird there's points where you go like Oh, I don't know. Some things I'm out of the loop. Yeah, like, it's a weird I just, I'm not in that loop anymore. It's a weird yeah. in between. You're not by no stretch of the imagination. Do I am I saying that I'm saying that I'm old? But like, yeah. I have nothing in common with a 22 year old person right. anymore. Like nothing. Like I don't <laughs> even need to have a conversation with somebody that's 22 years old. I see people asking for each other snaps, yeah. and I'm like, I was. We were Snapchatting in like, I feel like in high school. I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like Snapchat was a long time ago, and it's like back around or something. And so some stuff I just don't know. I don't get, and I don't care to know. And right. so, mm -hmm. um, but that's the key. Like, that's the key. Anything that I don't know for at this point for me, it's like, I don't care to know. Cause I'm a yeah. pretty plugged in dude. Like I'm not, I'm not like a fogey. Like I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping up with um, some of the stuff. I'm on TikTok, you know, but anything that I don't know at this point, I'm like, I don't give a shit. So it's not, right. it's like, I'm not young, but I'm definitely not old. So you're in this weird in between, like I said. And, um, but yeah, no, man, it's, it's still, still like cool. I still, yeah. I still feel young and, and 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 still go out and have fun and everything like that yeah. but it definitely is like it's a weird in between for sure right. it is a weird and also it's like you know well my friend group is different because you all started having kids when you're like 25 years old so i've all yeah. i it, but it's more noticeable now being like single with no kids and you have a kid that like answers the door and is like hello <laughs> would you like some juice yeah. you know so that's weird like you know if i have a kid in the next five years yeah 
I'll never catch like your kids are just going to be older than any yeah. kid that I ever have. It's going to be a weird. My kids aren't going to get to grow up with my friends' kids. Yeah, unless you have a third kid or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I we've discussed, and I don't see that. I don't see that happening. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's weird. That's a weird thought sometimes that yeah. I that I've had getting closer to me turning thirty. I do have this thought of like, well, yeah, like I'm in a different place than a lot of my friends are, and I don't think that we're gonna ever like catch each other in that regard. Like yeah. uh, we're never gonna like link sync back up, which is fine. You know, it's cool. Um, I'll make new friends. I don't, I don't, I don't need Dang, your, right. your, your friend, your kids don't need to be my kids' friends. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, you, you know, you have your couple of like nostalgic moments. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you hear about, I remember like just a couple of days ago, I heard a song case of the X by Maya. Mm-hmm. That song came out in the year 2000. Shit. That was 22 years ago. Yeah, man. And it makes my heart skip a beat to say that with, but like that's with any shaggy. It wasn't me. Mm. Uh, lucky by Britney Spears. Fucking ninety-eight degrees, Uno Noche. You like when you're thinking about songs. Like I remember when this. I remember being on the school bus and this song coming on the radio, and you're like, "That was 22 years ago." Yeah. So that sometimes I'm like, "Ooh, man, life is just like a big chunk of your life just gone. You blank forty, blank yeah. sixty. You know, yeah. so um, that definitely makes me want to stop and smell the roses more often, right? Because I do have sure. a tendency to kind of autopilot and like lock in on goals mm-hmm. and, and and when you do that you never really get to you know take a moment to enjoy or celebrate or just appreciate because you're just like okay what next thing yeah so I, I had a boss um while back when i was working at macy's and he was like 40s i, I just don't know where it went i don't i really don't i he was like i just he always for I, I don't remember it at all the whole 40s? He's like, 40, I don't know. He said, I don't know where it went. I, he always said, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like 20, 21 when, he, when I was here now. Yeah. Like, Shit. Could never be me. <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to work my way to a point where at some point, hopefully in the next five years, like, I can really start to just enjoy life more. Yeah, yeah. Like, go on a vacation whenever. I, I have that option now. Honestly, when you get older, you get less. Like, in the next five years, you would imagine a kid kids or so i don't know but i'm just saying like at this point in my life now is really the time to do that so i am yeah. i am trying to do that but again we went through the shittiest time machine of existence mm-hmm. and lost two years of life where we couldn't go out of the country or it was really hard and like not yeah. worth it and complicated and you had to lie on forms and stuff so i lost like two years of like prime youth and travel time to the pandemic which I have time to make up for, but I would like to, I don't want, I don't want to be working towards something. Mm. I don't want to be working towards like, Oh, well at some point I turn 50 and then I can travel the world whenever I want yeah, to. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. I want to, I want that to be my life now. Yeah. So that's what I'm working towards. And so for that reason, I don't feel this like, man, it's uh time. Things are changing or whatever. I'm just like, no man, fucking stay the course locked in. Fucking get this shit done and just keep moving. Man. 20 was nice though. But I also got a reality check when I ruptured my Achilles, man. That's when I that's when I turned thirty. <laughs> I turned thirty when I ruptured my Achilles, and I was like twenty seven. I was like, man, can't just can't just like just go out and play basketball all day anymore, huh? Oh, that's weird, man. <laughs> shit. All right, well, I guess I'm old. I guess my bones and my yeah. uh, my tendons are old now. Yeah, man. That was my reality check. But you know, yeah, thirty, man. I'm excited. Have you heard about the guy, the Frank James thing? The the subway he's the subway shooter. In oh the yeah, the black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know that people are processing that because you know stereotyping. I'm sorry, profiling would 
would tell you that that's not a crime that black people commit very often. Mm-hmm. So it's very like jarring to the consciousness of America that like yeah, this was, was this was a black guy. Um, yeah, but I think that we need to reckon with the fact that the internet is radicalizing people and it's the, the, the skin tone doesn't matter. Like this could be anybody. Yeah. Anybody could fall into one of those QAnon rabbit holes or something about pedophile, psych, psychic pedophile, whatever the fuck. You can fall into one of these. He was one of those guys. There's videos of this dude, Frank James, talking the most crazy shit about 9-11 and socialism and all that type of stuff. You fall into these rabbit holes and you can get radicalized and then you feel like you have some kind of agenda to do something. I don't know. But we need to reckon we need to reckon with that because there's no regulations in the internet. We were just talking about how there is actively porn on TikTok. Yeah. There are people having sex on TikTok and they just don't they just show like half their body. But like you know that's what they're doing. And there's like just no regulation for that. The internet is pretty wide fucking open, man. So you can find anything. You can be drawn in by anything. You can fall prey to any, you know, rambunctious and influential type of voice. And they could get they could get you to believe some crazy shit, man. And Frank James was, I hate to say a victim of that, but I mean, somebody poisoned that guy's mind. And that led to him doing whatever he did. He's still responsible for his actions, but if you look at his videos that he was doing, um, which the scary part is you can find thousands of those videos of people that look just like him or not look not look just like him, but like sound just like right. him. Right. Well, you just wouldn't pass. You know, 13 views, 26 views, just people talking into nothingness on the internet because that's what you can do. It's a journal for a lot of people. But you can find thousands of videos of people that look and sound like Frank James all around this country just saying the craziest shit, yelling into their phone, and you just... You're desensitized to it. You don't. It doesn't sound crazy when somebody on their phone is like, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to go to Washington, D.C. and shoot these politicians. And you go, he's crazy. Anyway, let me go find a dance video. Yeah. You scroll right past it. And then that person ends up fucking killing people, man. That's literally what happened with Frank James. He was making videos just within the last month talking about hurting people and you know, he, he, like his racist thoughts or whatever, like he, the, all the evidence is kind of there that he's building up to something or the anger is bubbling up within him. And, but people just go, that's just crazy, Frank. Uh, or, or, or how did this get into my algorithm? Moving on. Like you just mm-hmm. dismiss it cause you see it so much, but it's real shit, man. It's a lot of people with mental health issues that are just out and no, there's no outlets for them to get help, medication, see somebody, nothing. It's just left to fend fend off their own mental health problems that's the world we live in and so that's scary but you know um i think there's a new m&m coming out you know so there's stuff to look forward to the kardashians are back yeah man i ain't talking about that i saw an article <laughs> give a shit about find that. Some fucking, i don't know man. i saw an article about, Tell me about the good. u.s p.s postal cares was getting attacked with being attacked in california man I did hear some some vaguely or something about this. Did you do you have any further? I don't have. I just know it was like the um the homeless rate is like skyrocketing like crazy. Yeah, yeah California's pretty and yeah, pretty high up on that list. Yeah, there were a couple letter carriers that were being attacked by, by homeless people. By homeless people, man. Oh, wow, that's and it's like I wonder what the what the, and they uh, had like, right. So it was like it was there was a block that they had to like cancel delivery oh do you think like do do homeless people probably get some kind of social security or disability checks or something like that i don't know man well i'm sure some of them do well where, where do you where, you, where do you get mail at i don't understand i'm just trying to figure oh. out why you would need to why you would get into a they, thing with the checks you know they, that's what i'm saying checks oh, oh, I, thought, checks I thought you were saying that well I mean, it's been times when postcards have been robbed because they have like 
taxis and got checks and you got the box keys. You cash somebody else's check? I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. Desperate. I guess desperate times. You you try anything. I guess. I don't know. I just can't. Something. We don't carry money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is somebody's check or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Steal somebody else's check? That's crazy. I guess, man. I don't know. Um. But I just I did want to just put that out there, like that shit was happening and like. What, how do you do you are you tooled up? What do you have? Do you have mace or something? Know. Well, you got dog mace, but it's like dog as mace. a letter as a letter carrier, you what are. What differentiates dog mace from people mace? I'd nothing. like to know I'm that. Sure, I'm sure it probably has the same effect. Yeah, sounds like a marketing scheme to me. Why is it dog mace? Because it's, it's for because do- you're because you're because you're a mailman. Yeah, you go to people's houses. They have dogs. Dogs territorial. If you mace the man with that it's, same it's, pepper spray, I think yeah. the effect would be the same. Absolutely. So I'm just saying, but it's for dogs. It's, it's for dogs. Semantics. Though. Sure, but um, as a letter carrier, you are a sitting duck because you, you just some, like. Can you get me some dog meat? Can I get you some? Sure, yeah. if you want some. Okay, like but I'm, but novel, like novelty sake. Yeah, as a letter carrier, you're just like you're by yourself out in the street. It's yeah. like you have to be. You walk around with headphones in. I walk around one in. I don't put both in. Got it. So I can. I gotta you know gotta surroundings. Gotta be able to hear. Footsteps, chains, dog chains. Got to oh, be. You got, oh, it's like that. Be, uh, yeah, man. Got to be alert, huh? Yeah, have you man. had to run from a dog? No. Okay. I never had to run from okay. a dog. No. I've been bit by a dog, but I've never had to run from a dog. Oh, caught you off guard. No, I just didn't think it was gonna bite me. It was like a little. Seemed like a nice dog. It was a little small, little. I didn't think it was gonna do okay. anything, but got me. It's interesting. I like to get the behind baseball you on, your, on your on on the, on your uh, job. I don't get it often. <laughs> yeah. So you don't carry like a, a knife or something. No. No, you should carry. I get, should though. Let me get your knife, bro. Get your uh, nice quality knife. I carry. I carry a gun. Give me a gun. I carry that. I will not. We won't be saying that on these microphones. You know these microphones are on, right? I'm getting you a gun. I'm gonna get you an illegal gun. I'm gonna get you a ghost gun. I'm gonna get you a ghost gun. Go buy one. I got my. I got my license. Well, you can go buy yourself a gun. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't have a gun license. I mean, I do possibly. I don't know. Like, I protect my house is safe. I I might have a gun in here. <laughs> you might have one. Possibly. I don't, you know, oh, you know, I had a thought. I know we just ran, we just fucking rambling right now. I have a thought. So I was driving the other day, right? Go for it. And I saw this guy texting. You know, people text while they drive, but he was texting Dangerous. why not while he wasn't looking, right? So I road? was like, oh, yes. he was texting while wait. Let's he was driving, so he was he wasn't looking. He wasn't looking at his phone, right? Oh, he was hitting him with the hee hee. Yeah, he was he in the phone. Yeah, he was he in the phone. Yeah, man. No look, the no, no look, look text. The no look text. That's crazy. So what I thought was how my brain goes, I go, hmm, what if, you know how should just, history repeats itself, right? Sure. So flip phones are coming back now. Yeah. Right? Minimalist lifestyle. Yes. Flip phones are coming back now. And then now phones don't have buttons on them. But I feel like at some point, we will go back to having buttons, buttons on phones, right? Ooh, QWERTY keyboard? Yes. Ooh. But like, I feel you like- You were but, your prime. But I mean like- You, you, listen, you listen, thrived listen, with listen, too. <laughs> listen, listen, uh-huh. listen. Okay, go ahead. So- in the future, flip like we won't have flip phones, but we have. There will be touch touch screen phones, uh-huh. but they will be in um, whatever uh, visually impaired people use. What is that? What is that? That braille. Thing? Braille. Oh, you think braille is just going to become like a new language that everybody like a universal language? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like everybody just is going to people know. Just start learning, and will we not like? I feel like that was could be the future. Like you just don't even like people looking oh, at their phones, oh, but now just, he's like you just. We just evolved and we just go. So you don't even look at the screen. Anymore. You just everybody just. It's funny that you go. There, it's funny. That, it's funny that you go there instead of chip in brain. Could, would you Would you sign up for that? Because then it's you really are like. Here's my thing. I really get embarrassed when I do voice to text. I do not do it very often mm-hmm. unless I like. 
have to get a text message off because yeah. it's so I, it, I feel like such a dildo like it really is i feel like it was like ah, ha 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 yes <laughs> i am on my way and i cannot wait it's going to be so fun turn up smiley face <laughs> and then it's like would you like to send it is this yeah. and then they read it back to you like i guess that's what i said and so i would rather no look magic johnson the phone mm-hmm. than talk to my phone to tell it what i wanted to to text right so while what you're saying sounds actually like it sounds like the the Jetsons idea of what the future would be, mm-hmm. like you know how it's like it's a toaster, but the toaster floats. It's yeah, like yeah. Well, it just would be something else <laughs> that's not a toaster anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what your idea kind of sounds like. But also, I think a lot of people would not want a chip in their brain. So I could see it being some version of like that. What you're saying, where it's yeah. like people just evolve to the point where they don't they don't need to look at their phone anymore. They just touch it without looking at it. Yeah. I can see that because people do that now driving i know where the it's a digital screen but i know where the digital buttons are on the screen right which is pretty crazy yes you know the way that i think that we're gonna gonna get out of this we're gonna get because it's this little little tangent a little tangenty and i don't want this to be a tangent episode but i just want to get this thought off the way that society societally we've we've taken so many leaps and bounds in evolution that Mm. you know like there won't be evolution for a long time. Like if there's something on your body right now that's unnecessary, a pinky toe, whatever, it won't go away from your body for like millions of years. Yeah. But socially, the way we've evolved to like like the way that what what's a standard for, you know, being a human being, mm-hmm. that changes and evolves so rapidly. And like yeah. uh like we were talking about, a twenty two year old and me, only a seven year difference. But technology has grown and changed so much in that time that we're worlds apart. Like it's just society has evolved so much and the youth has evolved so much generation to generation that it's, it's, it really is pretty mind blowing. Yeah. But I think that, I think when you say that you don't have anything in common with like a 22 year, I think that it's, that's less different now than it was maybe 20 years ago because of social media. No, for sure. I mean like uh, a 40 year old and a 20 year old worlds apart. Right. A fifty-year-old and a twenty-year-old today, worlds apart. While I, while I have my own gripes about, you know, Snapchat. What's that? I'm like, I know how to play Xbox and like get right. on the internet, right. and I could hook up a wireless router right. and stuff. But like everybody's that. on the same social media platform. So, but but if if somebody a twenty-two-year-old say something, you go, oh yeah, see, now I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Even but if fifteen, I don't, yeah. twenty years ago. You go, I don't know. I don't. I no. have no idea what you're DVDs. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> that very much. Trying to. Com- like explain to my grandmother like yeah you put the red one in the red hole then the white one in the white yeah. hole and the yellow one in the yellow hole where today it's just one chord the hdmi cord yep. and everybody just knows how to do yeah. but i'm saying like that 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 gap because of societal evolution it, it has closed a right, lot exactly there's some people yeah. that just aren't, aren't, aren't savable if you're yeah. over 60 years right years old right now you're just not safe so you're not savable but if you're under that you can like you can catch up. Yeah, I know fifty year olds that play video games. Yeah, you know, like you can, you can. The gap has closed a lot because it's like you have to, and that's why I don't think the president should be over the age of sixty years old ever. It's crazy. <laughs> the last two presidents have been insane. Joe Biden tried to shake a guy's hand that wasn't there a couple of days ago. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> He's eighty bajillion years old and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. So I don't think you should be able. You should not be allowed to be. If you don't know how to hook up a Nintendo Switch, you shouldn't be allowed to be the president. I think that should be the new bar yeah. for being a president. If you don't know. How to what a meme is? You can't use meme properly. I feel like you should, they should test you. Like, can you use a meme in a funny way? If you can't use a meme in a funny way, you shouldn't be allowed to be president. We gotta have new, young, fresh standards for what our presidents need to be. Mm-hmm. Can you hit the whoa? I mean, like whatever the new dance is. Can you do a dance? I think that's dangerous, man. 
Why though? Because like it'll be the, the it will be the, we'd have a lit president. That's why. That would be the that would be the pathway to the Rock becoming president, and I'm all, I'm here for it, bro. This is the fall of Rome, bro. America's done. We might as well have a fucking dope president that could beat people up and st- and looks cool. <laughs> Let the Rock be the president. Fucking blow up cars and stuff on the White House lawn. I'm here for it, bro. I don't care anymore. This shit is done. This experiment has failed. Everybody's crazy, and I don't care anymore. So let's have a fun president. These old these old presidents are boring. Joe Biden is so boring. I would much rather the Rock be up there. If you smell Putin, if you smell, I would much rather that. I would. I would much rather that at this point. I don't care. Let's just have fun. I don't care, bro. Let the whole shit crash. Fucking NFTs and cryptocurrency. The shit is all fake and r- ridiculous. And people are making billions of fake money. And people are buying. Fake. I'm, but I'm saying, but they're but they're able to spend it. There's 15 year olds riding around in Lamborghinis. Wow. It's this is insane. This is an insane time. And it's just all like it all feels like it's a, a balloon that's like full and about to burst. So whatever, bro. Let's just have a good time. I'm everybody have a good time. I'm here for fun. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Rock 2024. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson sure. 2024. Yeah. Rocky, 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 Rocky. Ro- yeah, Rocky. Come on, friend. Rocky, Rocky. No? The Rock, yeah. I'm, I'm off I'm off for the Rock. There we go, man. Anybody That's else? Right. Yeah, I don't want Wanda Sykes to be president. I'm not crazy. I'm Wanda just Sykes. not just any celebrity. Why do you celebrity. Pick her? I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not looking for any celebrity to be the president. I'm, the Rock is my bar. All right, folks, it's time to get to those shout outs. Before we do that, I just want to give a big thanks to all the people who have listened to um, Baby, the new podcast that I've been releasing on Patreon. Um, the, the responses that I've heard from people have been really kind and I'm glad that people are having a connection to it in some kind of way. It's a really personal thing that I um, that took me is a labor of love it took me it takes me hours to do all the editing and go through the i talked to my dad for four hours friend four hours straight drinking wine mm-hmm. and then to go through it and comb through the conversation and make an episode out of it it takes a lot of work and then you listening back to it and hearing all the stuff it, it really is like a cathartic experience for me so it felt nice to put it out to the world and it feels good to have it be received in a nice way so thank you and to anybody who hasn't heard it um, it's available on Patreon at the $6 tier, at the Serial Killer tier. Um, and, you know, so if you haven't joined the Patreon or if you're on the Patreon at the $3 tier, if you if you want to hear it, you just got to jump up to the $6 tier. And there's all the, there's all kind of stuff on there. You can hear Fran on Film and some of the other projects that we've done and projects that will be coming out. Um, those will be available at the $6 tier as well. So if you have, have not had a reason to do the jump, you know, let baby be the reason why. Anyway, friend, we're going to kick things off with uh, a shout out to Kristen K. Shout out to Kristen K. Again, I'd like to know what your middle name is. I don't like when I'm, we got a lot of people that are like, you know, Kelly K. A lot of K's. Let's rein it in. Let's rein it in. Let's rein it in. Let's dial it back. Let's let's take it easy. Okay. Let's take it easy. Um, next, we got Sam R. D. Middle name and Sam D. We're going to go Sam D. Okay. Shout out to Sam D. Much love and appreciation. She has a very. Uh, cherubic face Looks like she has bangs um, Shout out to everything The vibe over there uh, Up next we got Carla C Craig and Carla Yeah yeah Shout out to uh, Carla Next Friday Great movie um, Up next we got Kelly T Shout out to Kelly T Keep doing your thing um, I don't really have I only know One Kelly In life And um, That Kelly was uh, You know the same Kelly That I I don't know how many Kellys you know I do But I know No I'm, I'm saying I do Like a question You do the only Kelly that I know in life that I can think of, Savage. 
Um, but oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't need to get into that. Up next, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> up next, we got Jill W. Shout out to Jill W. Keep doing your thing. Keep rocking out there in the free world. And lastly, we got a, a big shout out to Sarah. No last name. Much of love and appreciation to all you guys. And uh, CrimeCon coming up. Just a couple weeks. Very excited. Anybody that's coming out there, can't wait to see you at the booth. I want to find some of the weirdest prizes I possibly can. And hopefully we don't get stopped by the TSA um, boarding. Maybe we put those in your bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll put those in your bag. I'm just saying, I'm gonna put, but I'm saying I'm gonna put the dope in your bag. What? Metaphor, what? Metaphorical, metaphorical dope. Metaphorical oh. dope. Metaphorical dope. <laughs> metaphorical dope. T- uh, government agencies listening. Metaphorical dope. By dope, I mean records and mugs from thrift stores and stuff. Yeah. Not drugs. So I'll put those things in your bag just in case there's some questions, you know? No. Or maybe I'll do one of those pranks where it's like, oh, look, there's a dildo in your bag. And the TSA is like, huh. <laughs> Whose bag is this? And you got to go, oh, man, it's a prank. <laughs> and then we all laugh. Everybody around laughs. Yeah. And it was a great time. Maybe you go viral. I'm not doing that. You, I didn't, I, it's not up to you. Maybe I do it. Oh, you going to put it in your bag? No, I'm putting it in your bag. As a prank. No, no, no. I'll we'll put it in your bag. We'll see what happens. I might, might be feeling rambunctious. I might be feeling silly, like a little stinker, like Bugs Bunny. So you and never know. We both know. just have one. You going to put a dildo in my bag? Yeah. You got a double dildo? This double situation? dildo, but yours got a bend in it. So they go, oh, here's bends. And everybody laugh at you instead of me. <laughs> we're gonna take a break we're gonna we're gonna figure out how that happened and when we come back we're gonna get into some fucked up shit so stick around enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of Anthony McKnight. Yes. A.K.A. the East Bay Killer. Mm. And shout out to Captain Jess. For providing, Shout the re- out, man. for providing the research. Diligent notes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Big I time. love it. Okay. They do a great job. Anthony McKnight was born in 1954. McKnight bravely joined the U.S. Navy and was stationed at the Alameda Naval Air Station in San Francisco Bay. He was an aviation 
Boats Boatswain Mate. So uh, the Boatswain Mate is a um, they have a they have a, a lot of different responsibilities, but their main responsibilities are ref- refueling the aircrafts, mm. preparing for takeoff and directing traffic um, while they on like you know the ship. So it's like a very intense. Tense job. They got the fucking little yeah. uh, a lot of time constraints. The things like where like they that. gotta move their arms and all type of signs where you know get the plane to come take off and all kinds of stuff. Now, uh, as a just as a as a couple of dudes who are not about that life, yes. just hypothetically, let's make this like a Pokemon type of scenario where it's like Charmander, Bulbasaur, okay. Squirtle. Yeah. Which branch of the United States military would you join? Um, as far as like. The Army, Navy, Navy, Army, and, Navy, uh, or Air Force. Uh, I I lump Marines. in Army and Marine. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say you Marines. you do the Marines. Yes. Wow, that's like infantry. That's like in the ground on the field. Yeah, I respect it. Marines, but they they doing the water though. They in the water. No Marines. That's the Navy. I thought Marines were. You're thinking because it's of marine biology. I guess I don't know the Marines. You sure. Yeah, the United States Marine Corps. The Marines are like basically so the a step like the next level of Army. Like they they they're like they go into combat. Nah. Yeah. Sure Navy that. is water. Um, I was surprised. Air Force. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Lost I would do that too, and I would be down. a drone pilot. <laughs> a drone pilot. You wouldn't even be in the. You wouldn't even be. No. In God no. I'd be in Nevada somewhere, just like playing a video game. Oh no, I wouldn't. Bombing be people. I'm up there stuff. flying. Oh, you want to be like um? I'm up there. I'm Blue Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> flips and all kinds nah. of dodging of the have missiles. No, nah, because have you watched those videos where people do G force tests? Yeah, that shit's crazy. No, that's, I can't do that. That shit is wild. No, nah, they they're, like, they're like breathe, <laughs> and their face gets all gaunt and sucked in. No, nah, I'd yeah. rather be having the joystick and there's just like I'm just in a room and it's just a bunch of dots on the ground and I'm just blow that up. Nah, and I have me, no, I have no, there. I don't have to feel it or anything. I'm no conscious there. about it. No, nah, put me, you put me up there. Okay, interesting. Yeah. As somebody who just, you know, I would never sign up to do any of those but things. But my second one would be wherever the snipers are. What's that, Army? That's Marines. Marines? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, yeah. If I can sniper, that's me. <laughs> Distance. Yeah, I have the same mentality. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the Distance. thing is from far away. But Air, but Air Force, I'm, yeah. Got it. It's me all the way. And then just before we move on, if I did have that streak of about that life, I would try to do Navy SEALs like David Goggins. Because I just respect. Navy are those the ones that's in the water? Are you mean like they're like the they're in the water themselves? Yeah, that's Navy SEALs. Yes. Okay, that's what I'm talking. That's about. That's like deep. That's like not one of the three branches. You have to like be really good at one of the three branches, and that's like a next level. You get selected to be a part of the next level up. All right. Well, I, whatever that group is part of, that's what I'm the. I'm yeah, you probably level. have to go Marines, be a fucking bomb. They like walk and they like their head is like on the like. Yeah, on you want to have like you. You're thinking yeah. of like a Tom Clancy, like you have like a yeah, three like a night vision goggles vision, on, yeah, and your yeah. wa- your head's halfway out of the water. I got fake fucking artificial grass on me and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of like um a a video game like yeah. a Call of Duty type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Those are not Marines or uh Navy or what those I mean? are like secret agent. Those are super soldiers basically. That's that's like Navy SEALs. That's Those are all like based on Navy SEALs. Yeah, that's what I want. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I don't yeah. want to be, I don't be detected in any type of way. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in a ghillie suit, hidden. Yeah, just hidden. You look like a tree. I'm in like the snow, but I have like a white oh, yeah, yeah. suit on. Yeah, you want to be like Shooter. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Exactly. No, I, no, I'm with you, bro. I'm That's my got, movie, too. Yeah, I got, oh, I know. Was that, uh, uh, don't tell Mark, me, don't tell me, Mark Warburg. You already done <laughs> fucking said it. <laughs> Get up yourself, man. 
I would I was under the assumption you wouldn't know who the fuck he was. So I'm sorry that your your track record tells me that you wouldn't know who the fuck that is. But sorry, why. that's my that's my movie, man. Marky Mark. Yeah. All right. So again, like I said, that he bravely joined the U.S. Navy. I say that because you know, yes, shout, whenever shout I out. see those people, I go I always salute you. Appreciate your service. I salute them in public because that's just how much I I would not. I'm, I, I'm, not, built, I'm not built for. I'm like man. Hey, shout out to you. Yeah, all the military for. discounts they deserve all of that. <laughs> I tell them appreciate you. I'm not. I'm not salute. I can't. I feel like that's weird. Yeah. You do it enough times. You do it. Oh yeah. I fucking clap my feet together. Boom. Let's clap my feet. Oh. Somebody you know. You no. know. You personally Starbucks. know that person. No Starbucks and all, all that. Everywhere. I go. Oh. Boom, boom. And I do the whole motion. I play a little on my phone. And I do like a back straight. Look at this fucking idiot. And I throw it. They never. They always give me props. Sure. So sometimes we sometime between 1980 when he enlisted and 1986, he requested a discharge due to a back injury from a fall he suffered on the ship. Mm. His request was approved and was due to take effect in February of 1986. So McKnight was married to Darlin with two kids in 1987, uh, which was the time of his arrest. His wife had to move back to Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Mm hmm. Because she lost the military benefits and needed to move back mm. their family. So, again, they moved wherever he was stationed. Yeah. Got caught up in some shit that I'm going to get into. And then he left. And then he, and then and lost everything. He lost oh. everything. She's like, whoop. That's housing, everything. Yeah, yeah all damn, the benefits. Yeah. All the benefits they get. So, Anthony had a history of hiring sex workers that in 1982, he approached an undercover cop and offered her money for sex. But he was busted. And received a hefty fine and probation. So between 1984 and 1986, McKnight attacked and raped multiple women who were sex workers. His MO was to pick up these women, take them to a secluded area, and attack them. Mm. Police describe him as a cat and mouse killer. Meaning, he liked letting his victims thinking they were going to get away, let them run, and he would chase them down and catch them again. So one of his victims was Felicity Murphy. One of uh, who was one of his first known victims, who was 24 at the time of the attack, McKnight approached Murphy on the street where she was working. He pulled a gun and ordered her into his car. He then drove her to an to a, um, an industrial area where he pulled a knife and demanded she lay on the ground while he cut some of her clothing off. Mm. He put the knife down, and Felicity took this opportunity to grab the weapon and run. Okay. So McKnight attempted to run her down with the car, but missed and drove off. She thought she had gotten away, but McKnight had hidden in the area where she was walking and saw him lying on the ground, and he attacked her again. Wait, wait, what? So, he like pretended he was dead or something? He, he was hiding. Oh. He was just hiding. He's like, he, he tried to hit her with the car. Right. Missed, and then and just I like guess drove, like, drove up the block and then hopped out, hit the car, and then he tried to hide, and then he caught her. Wow. Um, and ever and and just that you know when you see in like horror movies, the chase is always bullshit, right? Yeah, he never but the, runs. But the part that always get me is like, okay, he was chasing you, but now you don't you don't know where he's at. Yeah, I feel like that's the most terrifying thing ever because just like you're walking, whatever, it's like gone. He can he know where he he knows where I'm at. Yeah, but but I have no him. idea where he is. That's terrifying, and that's terrifying as shit. Yeah, once you know that you're being chased, and then you can't see the person anymore. 
that's pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because you don't know they you don't know if they gave up. Right. If they are just are lying in wait. Like you don't know anything. All you know is there's somebody that's after you right now. Right. And you can't see them. No. Yeah, it's pretty fucking terrifying. That's terrifying as shit. Yeah. So this is exactly what, what he did. He just hid until I guess she got closer or she just thought it was over and yeah. then, you know, um he chased it down again. So Felicity asked McKnight why was he attacking her? And he said that a girl had done something to him and he didn't want to talk about it. He put her back into his car and drove her to Judson Steel Plant in Emeryville. She tried to escape again, but he caught her and stabbed her. Mm. Uh, so he stabbed her, he raped her, and forced her to perform oral sex. Mm. She then pretended she was dead and he slashed her throat. Oh. She took her pants and wrapped them around her neck to stop the bleeding. She was taken to the wow. ICU to recover. So she, so she saved herself. Yeah, man. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. So she ended up going to the ICU on wow. the recover. Um, because her injuries were so severe, the medical staff were so concerned with trying to keep her alive that they didn't do a rape kit on her. For her to be calm enough to go, I'm still alive and I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. Let me try to slow the bleeding down. And then get, I got to get to the hospital. Yeah. That's like amazing. Yep. So Felicity was key to helping the police um, connect the attacks. She worked with the police. And the reason why I said that is because there's multiple, there's multiple other known victims. Mm -hmm. She worked with the police and remembered a lot of details, like the plate number, the type of knife, and the face of her attacker. Unfortunately, there were small inconsistencies Um which the plate number she was off by one, you know, number or letter. She also said that the car was a gray Datsun, but McKnight drove a gray Mazda. She mentioned his mustache, but didn't mention his beard. So McKnight was the prime suspect in this attack because of the lack of physical evidence and the small discrepancies in Felicity's story. Yeah. The case was dropped due to insufficient evidence until the January 21st attack when he was taken more seriously. So this attack happened and it was just like, we don't have a lot to go off of. And it's you gave like us, you're just off. You're just off. You gave us the wrong car. You're off by, you know, whatever one, one, one plate, which one is plate like number letter. That's, that's bullshit. If you were, I don't know my license plate number and yeah. I own the car. Yeah, I know my license plate my number. Yeah. But I don't. And so if you got, I don't even know how many. What are there? Six numbers on the license plate? I think it's seven. I think you can get up to seven. I think if you get you got six out of the seven, and they're act they're on there. Come you on, missed you missed one. Yeah, that's you got it. That's it. That's the plate. Yeah, I, yeah, but it's like you don't know what it could be. The second number or it could be letter. It could be the third. You like this? I guess. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, like for you to go that far and it's like I'm just one off, and it's like. The car, His car's the, gray. Uh, I got the. I it's got a the gray wrong, car. I got the wrong car. But it's gray. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, but it's I, gray. He has a mustache, but you didn't mention his beard. It's like when you know you ever seen like Wheel of Fortune. You know uh, when they have all of the letters except one, and they're like, "I want to solve," and they're like, "You go, Grill." Yeah. And like, no. Yeah. Wrong, yeah. But like, if you got all, but if you put all, if in the case of a crime, you put everything up there, but the one eye. Come on, man. That's the, that's the guy. That's the guy. He drives a great car. Here's his license plate number. He has a mustache, but not a beard. Come on. Yeah. It's crazy. But like I said, the, the case was dropped due to insufficient insufficient evidence until the January 21st attack 
when he was taken more seriously. Still, the DA didn't press charges right away as they decided the inconsistencies made the story less likely to be true. This explains the delay between the January arrest and the charges. Now, this is African-American woman who was a sex worker. And, and I'm not believing her. And I'm not believing her. Yeah. But her, she's just been attacked, raped, and her neck is slim. But it's like, we and just you, don't have enough. Yeah. And you did it to yourself because you shouldn't have been out there doing that. It's fucked up. Super fucked up. So on September 16th, 1985, there was another victim who was unnamed, uh, who was picked up by McKnight and was 22 years old at the time of, of the attack. She suggested that they that they go to her apartment, but McKnight said that he had a friend that had a place on Skyline. So Skyline is just a, it's just a street. Got it. So they go there. He then said that he wouldn't pay her, and she decided it would be safer. This is fucked up. She would be safer to do this transaction and not get paid. So she was like, Instead of just being like, fuck this. I know I'm where out. this could possibly wow. go. I I just got to do what I got to do. And then wow. hopefully he lets me go. We got to legalize sex work, man. You got to have a safe place for women to, or people in general that are in the sex work community to be able to have like a security people in a, in a reputable business. Because if sex work was legal, it would be like how you, when you, I don't know where you get your haircut, but I, where I get my haircut is at like a, um, like a barber uh, business yeah. where everybody has like their own little their own cubicle. Little yeah, yeah. That would be what sex work was if it was legal. Yeah. You could go to a place, you got to fucking put a card on file. The transactions are above board and everything. As a, when you, when everything, when you put something in the black market, that's where all the seediness and the crime element and everything comes. You sell drugs illegally is a crime element. You do sex work illegally. There's a crime element. Yeah. So the idea that she had to go, her goods are her body. Yeah. And she had to go, well, I'll let him steal my body because if I go, well, if you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to have sex with you. But that's like a death sentence in front right. of a man right. to her. And she was right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a crazy decision to have to make. Yep. So after she removed her shorts, um, she was strangled with her own belt. And then with McKnight's hands, once the belt broke, Jesus. she was beaten so badly that her jaw was shattered before McKnight left her in a fairly remote area off of a fire trail. She was only able to communicate with detectives via hand squeezes, and her face was severely injured. So she couldn't even talk. Yeah, he probably like crushed her larynx. Yep. So he has not killed anybody yet? No. Wow. No. So on October 21st, 1985, another unnamed victim who was, 30, who was a 38-year-old sex worker that entered McKnight's car, he drove her to Oakland Hills where he beat her with a tire iron and raped her. Oh. She crawled into a drainage ditch or, you know, what I've, what we would call it was what gutter, a gutter, a gutter yeah, yeah. and pretended to be dead. Mm. On December 27th, there was two more unnamed victims that McKnight hired. He drove them to, to 3rd and Kirkham Streets in Oakland and stabbed one woman 10 times and slashed the other one in the face. Oh. So these two were like, it was, they, they were together. Yeah. On January 21st of 1986, one of his last known victims, who was also unnamed, was a 23-year-old sex worker who attempted to leave McKnight's car after he hired her. She said that he drove around for about 30 minutes before she recognized who he was. She had been assaulted by him years earlier in 1979 when she was 16. Wow. And once she realized it was him, she wanted to get away from him. 
She attempted to exit the car, but he grabbed her clothing and she was dragged for a few yards before he before the car stopped. She ran away, but was unable to get into a building and to safety. McKnight beat and raped her, left her near where he had left Felicity Murphy. This victim blacked out during the attack and woke up in a hospital. So she survived, though. She survived, yep. That's good. So this was, um, this victim was interviewed and gave a description very similar to Felicity. He was wearing green armor fatigues. I got a, the way you're saying that name is, it bothers What, Felicity? I, yeah, it's bothering me. I'm what sorry. What I'm saying it wrong? Yeah. It's fel, what is it? Felicity. Felicity. And it's a small difference, but it just is really, it's hitting my ears in a way that's really giving, making me upset. Okay. So, Fel, Felicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She had army fatigue, so sorry. So the victim was interviewed and gave a description very similar to Felicity. She also said he was wearing green army fatigues with the cuffs tucked into his boots. This reminded the officers of Felicity's case and that the suspect being military, he pulled Felicity's folder and the victim ID'd McKnight from a photo. So the victim described McKnight as a black man uh, between the ages of 30 and 40 years old, about six foot tall, with a muscular build. Full beard and a mustache. He was worn. Um, he has worn a forty nine ers t shirt and a cap, and has been known to drive a late model black Toyota Corolla with black fabric interior. Mm. So, um, at one point, there was like a wannabe who called authorities in Oakland and a local newspaper claiming to be um, McKnight or the attacker. Um, the October 9th call included details about the crimes that had not been released. He said he was the same person who called in on September 23rd and knew specific details at that time as well. Mm. The caller said that he was he was targeting young black women because they were the easiest to prey on because they are out at night. He also said it was fun to kill and said he will kill again. So there were similar killings in L.A. and authorities from the two cities met to discuss the crimes. But McKnight is not is not a suspect in the L.A. crimes. So McKnight was arrested on January 23rd in 1986 after a law enforcement obtained a search warrant for his apartment on Lester Avenue. During the search, they found blood-stained um, armor fatigues. Mm. McKnight said that he got blood on them while he was helping an injured friend but couldn't name the friend. On January 26th, he, had, he was charged with five counts of attempted murder, mm. two counts of forcible rape, and he was, suspect of, he was suspected of killing seven young women in the area. Seven young black women in the area. So police were working on connecting him to the murders and said that more charges may also on the rise to come. So five of the surviving victims were able to ID him from a photo from a photo and was also ID in a police lineup where the woman picked him again. And a sixth woman who was a witness of the one attacks also ID'd him as well. Mm. So in February 1986, McKnight entered a a not guilty plea to all charges, which is attempted murder and rape. He also pleaded not guilty to the charges associated with Felicity's attack on the 13th of February. On February 10th, the San Francisco Examiner published a map. So they, he had like a detailed, very detailed map of where the bodies were found and um, where they were attacked. Okay. But McKnight's lawyer said that he didn't believe that there were sufficient evidence to link his client to the killings. And he said that he didn't believe his client was guilty of the crimes he was charged with and that the violent crimes against sex workers were not uncommon. 
So police, however, said that there were similarities in the crimes and they believe them to be linked. It was reported that most, if not all, of his victims were sex workers. They said McKnight would target women who appeared young and lacked the ability to fight him off. His weapon of choice was a knife that he often used in his attacks, and the victims were beaten severely, more than would have to be needed to subdue them. Yeah. Like it, like so he was, he was getting, just putting a thrill out of it. Yeah, he was putting a little, little extra on, you know, beating these women because it was like, you know, he's he strong hate, as he hate, and he hates women. He's, yeah. And he, 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 at this point, he got that uh, fine for soliciting a sex worker pretty early, right? Pretty early in his life? Yeah. This is already on his record? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. So then that's a, that's like a part of the evidence, too, when they're going and trying to, you know, make a case for why he's the person that's doing it. It's like yeah. he has a record of, if all these women are sex workers and he has a uh, on his record, uh, you know, soliciting sex workers, then, you know, that's his M.O. Um, on July 20th, 1986, a preliminary hearing was held the last uh, that lasted four days. The known surviving victims testified about their horrific experiences at the hands of McKnight, and they all ID'd him in the courtroom. On the 24th, McKnight was ordered to stand trial for the charges, and he was held in custody pending an, arraign- an arraignment in August. McKnight had a, t- a $20,000 bail that he could not, he could not make. At the August 8th arraignment, McKnight entered 14 not guilty plea for six counts of attempted murder, three counts of rape, two counts of kidnapping, assault with a deadly weapon, robbery, and oral sex. The trial date was set for October 14th. In April 1987, McKnight was on trial at the Superior Court in Oakland. His surviving victims testified that he was the one who attacked them, and they again recounted the horrors they survived. The tire iron victim ID'd him from a photo and police lineup, but not in the, the prelim hearing or at the trial. Felicity told her attack in 1984 and how the police didn't press charges. So McKnight's wife, Darren McKnight, testified at the trial. She provided an alibi for one of the attacks, saying her husband was at home at the time. The attack when the attack on January 21st in 1986 happened around 2.30 a.m. And Darylin said in court that McKnight was out for around three hours, three and a half hours that night from around 11 p.m. but was home by 2.30 a.m. Darylin also said McKnight was living in New York, New York State in 1979 and didn't come to California and didn't move to California until November of 1980. These were the only attacks she provided alibis for. Mm. So the jury spent a week deliberating on June 4th, 1987. McKnight was found guilty of two of the six attempted murder charges, Felicity and one of the unnamed victims that happened in September 85, as well as one count of rape, one count each of rape, kidnapping, and forced oral sex. The jury returned a partial verdict because they were still deliberating, deliberating the other charges. The next day, he was found guilty of rape for the unnamed victim on January 21st, 1986, but not of the other charges associated with the attack, which was attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon and kidnapping. And the reason why they couldn't charge him for the other stuff was just because of the inconsistencies and, you know, the victims, you know, the stories. Yeah. On August 13th, 1987, he was sentenced to 63 years for the 11 charges he was found guilty for. 
found guilty of, which was the four counts of attempted murder, three of rape, two of mayhem, one each of kidnapping, and four sex. The prosecutor had recommended had recommended more than 80 years of what he called a 15-month period of carnage. While the public defender assigned to McKnight asked for a nine-year sentence, even after the trial, McKnight said that he was still innocent, so he still said, I didn't do it. Of course. And said it was it was a case of mistake, mistaken identity. And his wife, you know, she was held him down the whole time, was like, I don't think... I don't think he's guilty. So there was a, a sign out as well that was that uh, that said that there was another victim that he attacked in 1979. Um, so they called that they called that attack into question by McKnight's lawyer, who said that McKnight was in New York at the time of that attack. So she also this victim that said she was attacked in 1979. She didn't show up for court on one of the days, and then she was arrested. And she said she, she said that she didn't want to go back because she was confused and didn't want to testify. Mm. So sad. who knows if, you know, if that actually happened or not or what. You know, they were saying he wasn't even living in California at the time. He was in New York in yeah. 1979. So. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but the story continues. In 1999, you know, this was the, the 90s, the 90s, that gap where it was just like shit was just hitting the fan because DNA evidence came came into play. Yeah, so you can come back around. Yeah. So in 1989, while he was in prison, he was linked by DNA to the murders of Betty, Diane, Talita, Monique, and Beverly. Blood samples were taken from McKnight and his DNA. It was extracted and compared to the the samples taken from the murder from the murdered women. This was reported on June 26, 1989, after he had been indicted on the 24th by a grand jury and arrested, and an arrest warrant and court date would follow. McKnight said that he was not involved in these murders and maintained his innocence for the charges on which he was convicted. However, the DNA evidence collected from all five victims was matched to McKnight. So police theorized that the victims had either gotten a ride with McKnight or were kidnapped before being murdered, raped, and dumped. There was no known motive, and the victims weren't known to know McKnight before their attacks. Mm. So after this happened, he was transferred to Santa Rita Jail to await trial. Betty Lynn Stewart, who was 22, mother of six, the night she disappeared, which was September 20th, she was at a friend's barbecue with her sister, Diane. They left around midnight. Their mom lived a block away, and, and they had walked home so Diane could get a jacket. They had planned to go back, back out after, you know, they went home. When Diane came back outside, Betty was gone. She wondered if her sister had just, you know, went, you know, went on without her. Yeah. But she never saw Betty again. She recalls a man in the car that tried to talk to them on their way home. But the sisters ignored the man. And Diane says that she believes that McKnight was that man. Betty was found on September 22nd, 1985 at around 8 a.m. She had been attacked with a knife. Her body was found in an aquatic, in aquatic park, Berkeley, by joggers. And Diane said that Betty had been a sex worker in the past but was no longer working. Then you had Diane Stone, who was 17, Diane was found on September 29th, 1985. Her mom had given her 150 bucks to buy some new jeans and sweater. 
She was supposed to go shopping at Bayfield Mall, but never returned home. She was found in a field in East Oakland near the school. She had been stabbed dozens of times, and her throat had been cut. She was last seen on MacArthur Boulevard, a, sec- a section popular with sex-, sex workers, and it was assumed that she was working that night she went missing. Talita Renee Dixon, who just turned 13 in the seventh grade. Oh. Talita was walking to her dad's house, but never made it. Police think that she was kidnapped on this walk, and Talita was found on October 8, 1985. She was found stabbed and beaten in Redwood Regional Recreational Park in Oakland. Talita was the oldest of all siblings. She was she was described as caring, loving, and she loved to sing and playing with her Barbies. Now, I guess we can all say that, you know, all his victims were possibly sex workers except for yeah. you know, a little young Talita Renee Dixon. That's that's it's all sad, but that's uh, Yeah. So Monique Davis, on December fifth, Monique was seen leaving the Oakland Children's Center where she worked. Monique was found on December ninth and her body was found behind a warehouse in Oakland. Um, his last known victim, murder victim, was Beverly Ann Bryant. Beverly Ann Bryant was found on December 24th, 1985. Her body was found in a courtyard of, of a school in Oakland. So the trial for the five murders wasn't held until 2008 because there were a lot of issues with public, public uh, defenders. Um, so there was, like, one of the public defenders that was signed to him had, like, conflict of interest and... They had no available, there was no like division that was available to give out public defenders, so they had to wait. Oh. So in, in 2006, the trial was 2008, but in 2006, the court appointed private lawyers um, to get the case moving. So the prosecution, the prosecution was seeking the death penalty. The prosecutor said that there were missed opportunities to get McKnight off the street sooner, like in 1984 when he was the suspect of Felicity. Is that right? No. <laughs> Felicity. There you go. Felicity's attack. I can't say, I can't. It's hard to say that name for some reason. <laughs> uh, during the trial, he denied knowing anything of these victims. So he didn't, I don't know nothing. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. On September 17th, the jury found McKnight guilty of five counts of murder, five special circumstances, which is three, of, three, of, three for rape, one for sodomy, one for committing multiple murders. The special circumstances meant he was eligible for the death penalty. Mm. On October 20th, the penalty phase finished, and the jury recommended the death penalty. On Monday, November 7th, 17th of 2008, McKnight was sentenced to death for, the f- for five murders. He was moved to San Quentin Prison to death row. McKnight was being held on death row at San Quentin. He was found in his cell around 9.30 p.m. On October 17th of 2019, he was unresponsive when he was found and declared dead around, not, around 10 p.m. His cause of death was not immediately obvious, but was not considered to be from foul play. McKnight died at the age of 65 from unspecified causes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Suspenseful. Yeah, so that was the story of, what's wrong? That was the story of um, Anthony McKnight, a.k.a. the East Bay Killer. Wow. That guy was a real menace, man. Yeah, man. It's crazy how many stories end up where it's like, and he was arrested in this year, and then 15 years later, it turns out he was way worse of a dude than we thought he was. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. He thought, about, he thought he was going to get away. Yeah, think about before. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, he wasn't going to live the 63 years, but he had a shot until yeah. they found him guilty for the murders. Yeah. Think about how many people 
got caught on some shit that wasn't as bad as the other shit they were actually doing. Right. You know, and did 10 years DNA, for man. armed robbery or something. They're like, I eat people. But that was it. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and after a brief hiatus, we are back. I had to take my dog out for a walk. Fran, thank you for your patience. And uh, it is my turn to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of the shotgun killer. Outside of the glitzy and glamorous city life of Philadelphia and <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> uh, um, Ohio and Pennsylvania are, are now and have always been predominantly made up of small, quiet, working-class towns. In the 1970s, areas of these states where farmers, miners, and steel workers would give no second thought to leaving their doors unlocked at night were rocked by a series of violent murders. The killing spree is believed to have began in September of 1977, on the 20th to be specific, in the sleepy township of Beaver, Ohio. A young father of two named David Hamilton was up late watching television while his daughters and his wife slept upstairs when he was alerted by a knock at the door just before 1 a.m. He opened the door to find a gun pointed at him. As David turned to run, he was struck in the back of the head and both shoulders with a 38 caliber bullet. Or or 38 caliber bullets, sorry. The gunshots awoke his wife, Linda, who ran to to her husband's aid, only to find his dead body. The assailant then grabbed Linda and took her as a hostage, Mm. leaving the two children to find their father dead the next morning. Damn. Yeah, pretty fucked up. The officers that responded to the scene found no trace of Linda and no str- signs of a struggle, so they assumed that she was David's killer. And that theory remained for three decades. Damn. Yeah. Did the wife kill them? Yeah. It was a theory. They didn't, like, that wasn't, like, the official Still, de- de- decision, but it was, it was left on the table. Yeah. For sure. A week later, the mystery killer struck again 45 miles away in, in Marshall Township, Pennsylvania. His victim was Frank Ziegler, a farmer who, after a full day of taking milk around town to local vendors, pulled over to the side of the road for some quick shut eye. As he slept in his truck, his door was thrusted open and he was shot in the head at point blank range. Mm. Authorities initially suspected Linda Hamilton again uh, because the bullet at the crime scene for Mr. Ziegler matched the bullet that was found in her husband, David. But this theory was dismissed as more crimes continued to happen in the area. So they thought she was just going on a rampage. Yeah, well, they well they thought she had killed another guy, maybe just in a robbery or something. But then, but then more crimes happened. Right. They're like, this isn't her. But again, it was a, it was a theory initially, because again, these towns are so small, murders don't happen very often. So it's not like there there was like oh uh, uh, another murder this week. It was like two wor- murders and within a week time frame. This is insane. We don't get two murders in six months. Uh, on September 30th, Catherine Weinman was taking care of her husband, Joseph, who had been disabled in the Vietnam War, when a man bursted through the door of their home, shocking the, cus- the couple, and struck Joseph in the head with a, with a sledgehammer, knocking him, knocking him unconscious. And when Catherine attempted to run away and elude the, uh, elude the intruder, he eventually caught up with her. Joseph awoke and wheeled himself to a closet where he grabbed his shotgun or where he attempted to grab his shotgun, but the intruder got to him first and dealt multiple more blows to his head with the sled- with the very same sledgehammer. 
Uh, Catherine then tried once again to run, but she was caught in the driveway, sexually assaulted, and stabbed 11 times in the face and chest with a butcher's knife Man. before the killer slit her throat for good measure. To just, he already had done so much damage to her, but he wanted to make sure she was dead, so he slit her throat. Their children hid under the bed through the entire ordeal and eventually came out to find their parents dead and then called the police. Mm. Although there had already been a string of senseless and violent murders, the Weinman murders were particularly brutal, leaving the citizens of Marshall Township and the surrounding areas horrified and on edge. So this really spiked things. Like there had already been a couple of, you know, the Hamiltons, you know, there had been crimes, but this one was so brutal. The sexual assault, the stabbing, the husband was shot. It was so brutal that really everybody was on alert now. A month would pass before the killer struck again, this time in the township of Finley, around 20 miles or so southwest of Marshall. So it's all kind of in the same area. Mm-hmm. 17-year-old John Feeney had borrowed his parents' van to go for a drive with his 15-year-old girlfriend, Renee Ann Greger. After arriving at a private scenic location, they were ambushed when the door was thrown open and John was shot in the chest with a 12-gauge shotgun, killing him instantly. Shit. Renee Greger was kidnapped from that scene, taken to another location, and sexually, and sexually assaulted and murdered. Her body was never recovered. So they never found her. Never found her. Another three, another three weeks would pass before the killer would strike again on November 10th. This time he made his way back around to Beaver, Ohio, which was about 50 miles away from Finley. It was in the early morning of John Davis's 64th birthday. As he finished breakfast with his wife, they heard a knock at the door. John opened the door and received a point blank shotgun blast to his eye, killing him before he hit the floor. Well, yeah, was it, they don't have peepholes or windows. I think that it really is more indicative of the sm- the small town mentality of like leave the doors unlocked. It's probably the neighbor. Like you aren't thinking that it's a stranger because like only eight hundred people live in this town. So, uh, but it's you don't say who sad. is it. I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't. I mean, they op- they opened the door, so I guess they don't say that, or they didn't at least. Maybe this changed everything. Yeah. So, like I said, he was shot from point blank range. He was dead before he hit the floor. The assailant chased. John's 61-year-old wife married to their bedroom where he sexually assaulted her in the, in the couple's marital mm. bed before shooting her in the chest with a 12-gauge shotgun. The killer then posed Mary's spread eagle on the bed, um, which is an apparent evolution in his psychopathy. Like, he wasn't doing that before. He wasn't posing any bodies. And then he shot the family's dog. He then doused everything and everyone in gasoline and lit the house on fire. Shotgun is different, man. Yeah. God this is dang. it really is interesting. It almost there was like this Jason Voorhees moment where at the home of the woman who was taking care of her husband who was in Vietnam, he went to get a shotgun to to protect his family. And then he and then the killer got to him with a sledgehammer, killed him. So I don't know if he took that shotgun and then but at some point he got a shotgun and all of his crimes going forward. He was using a shotgun. So I feel like he might have taken like he might have seen like, oh, shit, this shotgun's. This is nice. Yeah. At that crime where he stabbed that woman 11 times and then just kept that shotgun and went on to commit more crimes with it. And it became his weapon of choice because I'll get, which I'll get to. So he killed these two, this couple, this over 60 year old couple on his birthday, killed this couple, shot, shot his wife, posed her body weirdly on the bed, lit the house on fire, killed the family fucking dog and then left the house to, to burn to ashes. Just 10 days later in the tiny borough of Falston, the home of William Adams was unknowingly being scoped out by a bloodthirsty predator. 
there was a knock at the door sometime in the middle of the night. And after answering the door, Williams, William Adams was shot in the chest at close range with a 12-gauge shotgun. The intruder then kidnapped his wife, Nancy, leaving behind no signs of a struggle. An intensive search unfolded, but tragically, Nancy's remains weren't found until eight years later at a nearby park. Um, she had been shot and presumably presumably sexually assaulted. And that was in the middle of the night. He stood. Nobody still didn't ask. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't. I can't really explain why this uh, method is working so well. But it. I mean, it really becomes his signature. I Knock thought on like, the door, and they just open the door. And when they open the door, he's there with a shotgun. I thought maybe. He was like going like a sales salesperson or something like no, that. Middle Milk of the man. night. Yeah, he's coming. But in the middle of the night, it's like you can't, you can't, can't use that no. as an excuse to identify yourself. He's coming at so all how different they times. How did not like? Who is it? They're just like at twelve in the morning. I I think it's just such a quaint, quiet place. They're just at like twelve in the morning. Be? Yeah, I don't have an excuse for that one. That's pretty crazy. But it. But again. They opened the door. So I, I don't have the answers for you. But it's not like crack. It, you don't crack it. No, just, they opened the door fully, and he got a wide open shot to them. Wow. So I don't have the answer to That's as crazy. to why they did it, but they did it. And a lot of them did it. So it must have been a mentality thing. It must be a small town type of nonchalantness that existed in the 70s, at least. So just 20 miles south of, of this crime in the town of Moon, Pennsylvania, on December 3rd, police received a call from, from the young daughters of Richard and Donna Hyde alerting them that something bad had happened to their parents. Officers arrived to find the girls huddled in terror in the living room as their father lay dead in the kitchen from a shotgun blast. Mm. Their mother was missing, but the girls identified the assailant as a black man as the murderer and kidnapper. Police later found Donna Hyde deceased, nude from the waist down. She was beaten to death with a tree branch from a patch of trees that she was found underneath. Damn. Again, but you're really seeing a psychopathy in his motive. You know, like he, he goes to these houses. If there's a husband there, he kills the husband, takes the wife from the place, sexually assaults the wife, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, shotgun blast, knock on the door. He's really got it down to a science at this point. Shotgun shells found at the Hyde residence would later be a match for the ones found at the Adams home. And with another with, and with and with other connecting motives at the other crime scenes, detectives attributed these crimes to an assailant they dubbed the shotgun killer because he seemed to favor the weapon in his attacks. So now they know it's one person. They believe because of the match of the two yeah. different crime scenes. So they're confident that this is all one person and he's using this, the same shotgun for these crimes and, you know, all that stuff. And also the the way that the husband's being killed, the wife's being found at another mm-hmm. location. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're connecting dots to make them all, you know, be connected. One month later, on New Year's Eve, in the unincorporated town of ba- of Breezewood, Pennsylvania, a couple noticed a black man lurking outside of the window of their home during a New Year's Eve party. But he took off once he was spotted. The couple didn't find it necessary to call the police and went back to partying. And after the close okay. call, oh, yeah, they were like, "Well, he's gone." And after the, and after the close call, the assailant decided to try the neighbor's house. He knocked on the door, and as per his mo. When Guy Mills opened the door, he was shot in the chest with a shotgun. Mm. The intruder then entered the home and stalked around looking for the lady of the house, Laura Mills. And once he found her, she was also shot in the chest. And apparently after not being, he must not have been satisfied, the killer then stopped at a rest stop four miles down the road and shot Joel Druger, a traveler who had simply pulled over to the side of the road to rest after a long drive. Mm. 
Authorities were baffled. Three horrendous murders on New Year's Eve in this small town in the middle of nowhere. After receiving a tip about a car seen parked among semi-trucks at an abandoned gas station, authorities ran the tag and it came back as owned by Edward Surratt of Alquippa, Pennsylvania, and he was instantly a suspect. After a deep dive on everything they could find on Surratt, detectives discovered that he was a long-distance truck driver mm. and, had been, and had been a garbage man for years. Every murder had either been near a garbage dump or near a route that Surratt had took on his trucking halls, which gave him familiarity, familiarity with the areas. Yeah. So that made him even more of a suspect. Authorities were convinced that they had their man, but they had little to no evidence to prove it. Police investigating the other murders had come up with a psychological profile for the killer. They suspected him of having combat experience and possibly being a Vietnam vet. They also theorized that he was of above average intelligence in his mid-30s, white, and probably divorced. They also theorized that, that he was in the trucking business in some capacity. Surratt fit every part of the profile except for race. And that theory was only based on the fact that all of the victims were white. Mm. And just st statistically, most people kill intraracially. Though Surratt's criminal record did not include murder, he had a long history of theft, loitering, assault, and rape, further bolstering him as a prime suspect. In 1973, soon after returning from Vietnam, he was convicted of, som of sodomizing a 13-year-old boy in Virginia Beach. And after serving three years, he was released. And this is believed... Three years, that's it? Yeah, that's it, man. And, this is and after his release, this is believed to be when his murder spree started. Mm. So you think he was in jail, he, he was in prison and like con concocted this idea of getting out and killing people. So now they have a suspect, a manhunt is underway with authorities hoping that they'd catch him before he killed again. But on January 7th, 1978, that's exactly what he did. In the first week of the new year, John Shelkins was at home watching TV in the small quaint town of Baden, Pennsylvania. Surratt snuck into the home through the basement and crept up the stairs. John heard the sound of footsteps and headed over to the basement door to investigate. Now, when I say there would have been a fucking standoff that I can already picture me in that moment where if I think I hear somebody coming up the steps of the basement door, I'm going to stay where I'm at a distance from the door. And I'm going to go, Hey, <laughs> is there somebody in the, Hey, Hey, is there somebody in the basement? I'm calling the police. Now you have to make your chest move. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to have the phone in my hand or something. I'm going to go, I'm not going to go open the door. You either have to burst the door like fucking scream and chase me or leave. The, the, the lights. Oh, you're you you're of that belief that like it's your house. Yeah. Of that belief. You mean of that belief. You think you know the square footage of your Absolutely. house? Absolutely. Like I know all the, 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 the squeezes in my house. Make one right footstep to the right. Not even that. I know the noises and all that. What are you, a fucking Absolutely. ninja turtle? What do you mean? So you're saying if you thought somebody was in your house, you would cut all the lights out. And now it's like, welcome to my world. Absolutely. Cut all the lights off. Then what you do is the trick. Let me tell you a trick. <laughs> Please. No, I'm all ears. Go ahead. Yeah, the trick is uh -huh. cut the lights off. Yeah. Take one of the switches, but you put the switch in the middle. <laughs> now now the, the circuit doesn't work. Now you can't cut the lights on. 
Now I, I have an you advantage. You lost me. Oh, so you think he would be so scared of your advantage that he would try to cut the lights back he on? Light, but he can't. Because <laughs> once put you put the switch, the switch in, the in the middle, you can't. You it doesn't. It like blocks the. It like blocks the circuit. It doesn't. Man, doesn't I don't work. know what if what that's based off of. I don't even really understand what, you what you're saying. So you're saying so if you, you say take, take the light switch and you put it so in the middle. If you had two switches in here, right? And if I if I put it in the middle, if I oh when you put go, it in the middle when you go flip the other flip switch, the other one that doesn't work. I got you. See, but not every house is set up like that. Like we're in a room right now. There's only one switch in here. Right. So there, you putting it in the middle doesn't do anything. But that, I'm but my house has double switches, switches everywhere. So it's like. But they they don't know that. They don't know what. They don't even know where the light switches are to begin with to even to do any of it. But if they fill it around, if they trying to fill around, okay, got it, okay. and try to hit a switch, mm-hmm. they, it, it's not going to work. What if they fumble around and they hit the light switch that's halfway flipped that you did? What if they get there? Get but to I'm that one? I'm there. How would they do that if I'm there? Got it. And then you're you there with a knife, and now, I'm, I'm, now I'm, they've now they've fallen into your trap. Yeah. Wow. I love the confidence in that this the scenario <laughs> that you just described that like you would be like Bane, like the darkness would be your friend in that situation. I don't need to see in my house. Wow, that's such a fucking bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> that's such a bold statement. Like that's crazy that you say that. Don't you need don't to need see. to see in your house. Don't you can just walk through, through your house blindfolded and get to where you need to get to. Yeah, secret spots. I have a, like a there's a um a spot and I'm not gonna say it because then somebody knows. Sure, of a course. Spot in one rooms in, in the house uh-huh. where it leads you to the bathroom, <laughs> but you gotta get used to a certain way. You gotta get to it to get to there. And it's it's like a hot a, like spot. a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I didn't know your house was set up like uh, Spy Kids. Like the, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, you. Were, I didn't know you were Gregorio Cortez. Um, Whoever that is, I'm sure he's an awesome person. Yeah, it's Antonio Banderas and Spy Kids. Oh. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so the manhunt's underway. He commits this next crime. He, uh, John Shelton went and approached the the door. He was met with shotgun blast. Damn. He was killed. John's wife, who was asleep on the couch, was awoken by the noise, and after a struggle for the phone, she was left badly beaten. Mm. Surratt took off after a car pulled into the driveway. It was the couple's daughter. She saved her mother's life. Well, she when, survived. Yeah, because she, pull, she, she pulled up in the lights, you know, and right, coming right. into the driveway, and the guy, he took off. So he saved, he, he, she saved her mother's life. Incidentally, yeah. I think she was just coming home, but she saved her mother's life. Yeah. Authorities were confident that Surratt was responsible for this crime. But unfortunately, the woman was shaken up so badly that she was unable to identify her attacker. Mm-hmm. She said that she thought it might have been a white guy. So she was really just shit. Yeah, she couldn't identify him. Police looked for Surratt for the next three months, but they turned up nothing. But on March 27th of 1978, he showed up back on their radar after breaking into the home of 70-year-old Catherine Flicky. He broke in, grabbed a skillet from the kitchen, and brutally beat the woman to death. Mm. After killing her, he removed her clothes, placed her body in a tub, and filled it with water, only to drain it shortly after. Which I don't really understand. What I don't know why he did that. I don't know if he wanted, he thought he was going to make it look like she fell, yeah, or, oh. or she slipped in the tub, or drowned. But then he's like, but yeah, you brutally beat her with a pan, yeah. so it doesn't look like she fell once. So I guess he was like, nah, this this is dumb. I thought this was, maybe not. And he drained the water and just left her in there. Um, hairs of a black male were found in the bathroom and in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And after some, some investigation, the, 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 the detectives asked 
the family of Catherine flicking. She was like, she doesn't have any black friends, which is not, it's not an indictment on her, but like, that's, <laughs> that's the truth, you know, rest in peace to Catherine flicky. But like, yeah, that, that summed it up for them. It was like, yeah, if there's black people here at her house, it's, they weren't welcome because she doesn't have any black friends. Yeah. So that doesn't was, even like black people. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there were hairs found at the scene of a black person. Black people shouldn't be in Catherine Flicky's house. So it was very, 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 very big, very big red flag. And it was also revealed that Surratt had been pulled over less than a mile from Catherine's home the day of the murder for a traffic violation. But the officer didn't know Surratt was a suspect for all these crimes. So he let him go. Mm. That's always the case. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, he's like, Hey man, slow it down. And then he starts to pull off and he, and then he goes, Hey, you drop this. And he's like, that's how we're going in the movies. He's like, he thought he thought he got caught. Yeah. He's like, Hey, were you on good times? No, no. Oh, sorry. You look like Jimmy Walker. Anyway, slow down. Have a good day. He's like, Surratt disappeared again after this crime. So authorities called on the help of his wife, explaining that they believed he was responsible for the bulk of the 18 or so murders that had Mm. taken place over the last six months. And she agreed to help. On June 1st, 66-year-old retiree Luther Langford was found murdered in his home in West Columbia, South Carolina. He had been shot to death, and his wife was clinging to life after being bludgeoned with a heavy object. Police noticed that their car was missing and put out an APP, APB for the vehicle. Days later, Surratt's wife notified police that Surratt had shown up with a car with South Carolina plates. Mm. And he felt that it was necessary to park the car away from the home to avoid suspicion. After running the plates of this car, but he brought it home. He brought it home to his wife. Yeah, and then but then part, but then yeah, parked it down the road. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so but he doesn't know she's working with the feds now. But anyway, so they ran the plates of this car, and they discovered that the car was in fact the one stolen from Luther Langford's home. It was yes, definitively tying him to the murder. Yeah. On June 6th, deputies staked out the location where Surratt had stashed the, the vehicle of, of Luther Langford. That night, he arrived to, retrie- to retrieve it, and authorities sprung into action. You know, they jumped out, guns out, everything. They told him to get on the ground, but instead of getting on the ground, Ran. he took off into the night. Now, they searched for him for hours, but his military background and his familiarity with the area, because he grew up there, they said that they... Th- they thought that there might be sewer drain tunnels and all type of stuff. He was gone. Mm. They could. They looked for him into the next day. He was gone for a month, Fran. Damn. Yes, for over a month. When they had him, like guns drawn in front of the car of a murdered of a, a murdered victim, he disappears for a month. He, this motherfucker pops up in North Beach, Florida. Right? He ran down there. Fucking stole a car. This guy's really it's crafty. He's crafty. This guy's crafty. So he evades capture for over a month. He pops up in um, North Beach, Florida somehow. He broke into a home and tied up the three occupants, a couple and their, and their 18-year-old daughter. He bound them with electrical cords and then sexually assaulted both the mother and the daughter repeatedly mm. in front of the husband and father. Surratt then drank a bottle of wine, smoked some weed, and passed out before killing his victims. While asleep, the man freed himself and snuck out with, a, with the rifle that he used to, to hold the family hostage. He made his way to a neighbor's house and called the police. Now, his wife and daughter's already dead? 
No, they aren't. Nobody's dead. Oh, but I think they were like he just didn't want to try to get all of them out at once, in case the guy woke up. Mm-hmm. So he went to the neighbor's house, called the police, but then got the neighbor. So when the police arrived, they had him in there at gunpoint, and they wanted to kill him. But the police kind of talked everybody down and they ended up getting him into custody without any violence. Oh, I thought you said he passed out before he killed him. He did. He drank wine, smoked some weed, and he passed out. But he left everybody alive. He didn't kill him. Oh, okay. Yeah, before he killed him. He didn't kill them. He never killed them. Yeah, so they were all alive. And then while he was asleep, passed out, the dad snuck out, went to the neighbor's house, called the police. But then he brought the neighbor back to the house. And I don't know if they fucked him up a little bit, but they, they, they made sure he didn't leave. But when the police arrived, they were like, he fucking raped my wife and my daughter. I'm going to kill him. And they fucking talked him down and ended up getting him into custody without him being killed. Oh, he just did it. Sure. I, I would have understood if, if the guy did it. I, I, when, I was, when I was reading this, I thought that's, I was like, wow. So they never, he never gets arrested for this. That's crazy. But then they talked him down and they got him out of there. Now, Surratt had finally been apprehended, but because it was in Florida, the police officers had no idea of all the unspeakable evil shit that he did in Pennsylvania and Ohio and all around the country, right? So Surratt was tried for the rapes of the mother and the daughter and was given a life sentence for his crimes in South Carolina, uh, killing the gentleman and stealing his car and, and bludgeoning his wife. I don't think his wife died, but you know she was clinging to life. He was given another life sentence for those crimes to be fulfilled after the sentences in Florida, which were two life sentences. So to never, you know, um, despite evidence tying him to the murders in Ohio and Pennsylvania, Surratt denied any involvement. It would be 30 years before he came clean in a plea deal, trying to leave Florida to go serve his time in South Carolina. So he didn't like it down in Florida for whatever reason. And so he, he decided I'll talk and I'll tell you guys some stuff. If you move me to South Carolina, right? So over multiple interviews, Arthur Edward Surratt eventually confessed to a total of 19 murders. Damn. When asked where the bodies of Linda Hamilton, who was the first victim, you remember the guy who was shot in the back three times and then they thought Linda Hamilton was the killer of the husband and then somebody else. They never found her body either. So they asked where the body of Linda Hamilton was and the body of Renee Greger, who was the 15 year old girl who was out in the woods with her boyfriend. They never found either one of those bodies. So they asked him where those bodies were. Surratt told the interviewer that the bodies were undiscoverable by anyone's standards, which I don't know what the fuck that means. It's very ominous and weird. That he, he's basically saying they're gone. Like you're not going to be able to recover them. After that conversation, so he didn't never he never told him. He never told him where to find those two bodies. No. Wow. But I think he copped to the murders. He just was saying you'll never find the bodies. It yeah. So after that conversation, he refused to give any additional information unless he was transferred to South Carolina. So I'm done talking unless you guys are going to send me to South Carolina. Surratt currently still sits in a Florida prison where he refuses to reveal the location of the two missing victims' bodies. He holds firm that if he's transferred to South Carolina, he will give more information. Despite unsuccessful attempts to implicate him in other murders from that time period, officials are still curious if there are other murders he might someday confess to, possibly from his time as a trucker. And that was the story of Edward Arthur Surratt, Damn. also known as the shotgun killer. Um, it's a mixture of really no DNA. Honestly, he, conf- he just confessed to the crimes after he was serving multiple life terms for some other shit that he did. So it's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, this case, I found this case to be pretty crazy. So 
that was wild. Rest in peace to all the victims and potential victims. I mean, who knows what his numbers are actually. But, yeah, it's a very interesting case. And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get into the good vibes and get up out of here. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. Fran, my good vibe story this week is about a man who won two hundred million dollars in the lottery and donated almost all of it to save the earth. Crazy. Sounds like the plot of like a a, a Tom Cruise movie or something like that, or or a Jim Car- more of a Jim Carrey movie. I feel like. Anyway, fuck that, <laughs> bro. You gotta save Mother Earth, bro. Anyway. So two the two hundred million euros, that's how much an anonymous Frenchman won in the Euro Millions jackpot lottery last week, and almost the sum total of how much he gave towards the preservation of tropical rainforests in West Africa, wow, and forests in his native country. Bravo, yeah, bravo. Let's give it up, man. That's that's beautiful. Man. That ain't me. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Money doesn't have any value, man. You you really have to think about. What you want to? What you want to leave a mark on this world? He wanted to save a part of his country. So anyway, the lucky winner established the the Anyama Endowment Fund, named after a town in, ugh, sorry, Cote d'Ivoire. I don't know that. Catch me off guard. Where it's understood he spent a lot of time, and to his winnings will go for the protection and revitalization of forests the preservation and regeneration of biodiversity and the support of family caregivers. The anonymous winner said, quote, I only played during large jackpots for one purpose to, to devote most of the sums to the creation of a foundation. He wrote in an open letter to the funds website. That's 200 million. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think this might be fucked up to say, but for me, I will go, me doing that. Sure. How much of a dent am I making? Oh, like, is the problem solved? Is that is it saying? helping significantly for me to do this? If it's not... I think this is, because this, this isn't like a um, patch up the ozone layer or something that you might not ever see. This is, he did build some kind of sanctuary or preserve, and they are also working towards putting in actual on-the-ground work to help families and stuff. Like, it, it, you'll see the... You'll see the value in this. This isn't some. Will he see it though? Will he be? Yeah, I think so. How old is he, like seventies? He's anonymous. I don't know who that. He oh, could be. I he he could age. be thirty years old. I don't know how old age he is. Yeah. So yeah, I think. I mean, I think he'll see it in the in the sense that it's something that is being physically built. It's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't like I'm putting money towards something, some some future thing, or some attempt to like curb pollution or something. Yeah. You know, something where you like I can't I can't put a value to this yeah you know so see so he said uh like i said he said he only played during the the big money jackpots he said during my life i've witnessed the in coyote divorce sorry if i'm i know i'm not i know i'm not saying that right so i mean let me just say sorry (laughs) um he said the uh the incessant passage of truckloads with trees cut down in the forest of burkina faso we've done a story about somewhere in there before i've heard that name before um, he said, we have never seen an, an initiative of this size 
But there again, we have rarely seen such high winnings. This was said from uh, the operator of the French National Lottery. Often these things go hand in hand. Um, indeed, it was the second largest jackpot in the lottery's history. The winner is only known to be a retiree, so he's older. So he is older, mm. a retiree in the south of France, who wants to s- spread the message that humans can preserve the natural environment if we want to, and that giving makes people more happy than having. Ooh, damn, that's a bar. Um, above all, it is the expression of a conviction that I want to share with as many people as possible. Giving makes people happy and constitutes a tremendous lever for transforming indignation into concrete and useful actions. This is from the anonymous man. And yeah, man, he, he won $200 million and gave it right back to the world. I just thought that was a beautiful thing. Would I, would I do the same? Absolutely. Probably not. A little, you can donate. I'd donate I would something, donate. Something. I would donate something for sure. Maybe a little. Not the whole Ten percent. Not the whole thing. He might be already rich, but if he's already like a billionaire, I don't think rich people play the lottery. What if he did it as a, like rich people play different types of lotteries? Rich people do NFTs and stuff. What if he did it as a joke? Well, he said he played it whenever the money was really. I don't think he was doing it as a joke. I think he was a guy who was. But you I mean, know, like he's rich, so like rich people do like I dare you to play the lottery. Is that what you think, Richard? That's the kind of games you think rich people play? <laughs> I dare you to go buy a $10 lottery ticket. That'd be wacky. No, man. Rich people like fucking hunt people. They don't fucking play. They have more they fun. hunt people? Yeah, man. Damn. The perfect game. I don't know anything about that. I don't either. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm broke. Yeah, serious. Oh, my good vibe is about a new Yale study shows that one in three patients with severe skin disease were able to regrow hair after being treated with a common arthritis drug. The study is based on phase three clinical trials using barcitinib, barcitinib um, sure, sure. to treat alopecia mm. and often Keep disfiguring... my fucking skin. wife's name! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And often disfiguring skin disease characterized by rapid loss of scalp hair and sometimes eyebrows and eyelashes. Phase three clinical trials are the final testing hurdle before a new treatment can be considered for U.S. Food and Drug Administration approval. Um, somebody said, uh, Dr. Brett King said, this is exciting because the data clearly show clearly shows how effective barcitinib is. An associate of professor of, the term, of dermatology at the Yale School of Medicine and lead author of the new study, these large controlled trials tell us that we can alleviate some of the suffering from this awful disease. Mm. That's great. Now, do you think that Will Smith's stunt helped or hurt the cause of raising money for alopecia? Because I don't think, yeah, I don't think alopecia has been on the, the, the tongues of more people than, than it has been over the last few weeks. That had to lead to some donations and some just awareness in general, really. Yeah. I think it helped. You know, so there's a silver lining to be found. You know? I, I just thought I always thought she just went. She just went. Yeah, I thought she just like a bad did a badass. I thought she just wanted to be bald. Yeah, you know, like Amber Rose. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if that was Amber Rose, it just would have been a joke because everybody knows Amber Rose shaves her head. Yeah, but she's not bald though. She got a little bit of hair. Neither is Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, she's not bald. No, she's like a low fade. Oh, her hair's not. She's not like she wasn't. She's not like bald. No, she has hair. She has some ha- some hair on her head. 
Um, so it looks like a fashion statement. It looks like it looks like an edgy fashion statement. If you don't, if you don't know, but now that they do know, I feel like the the awareness raised around alopecia probably has spiked hundreds of percent. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, I I, I think that there's some good to be found in that, and to know that you know. That was an extreme reaction, but I'm sure a lot of people came out who, who who suffer from alopecia and gave their testimony of like, I would never do that, but I understand why somebody might feel so belittled in a moment like that because I know how vulnerable I felt when I started losing my hair. Yeah. So it probably people probably heard a lot of like real stories, people yeah. who came forward and felt the braveness in that moment to go, yeah, I, I have alopecia, I wear a wig or whatever, and then stand in that moment and people go, oh, wow, I didn't know I knew anybody that had alopecia. I'm sure there was behind the scenes, there was a lot of like clarity given in, in, in people's own realities of like mm. their own bouts with alopecia. Because again, Will Smith's reaction was pretty crazy. I think the world's reaction to the reaction was a little much as well. But um, I think there was some good that came from that for the alopecia cause. I yeah. really do, I, and I could be wrong, but I really feel like that. I feel I feel like that happened. So yeah, it all worked out. It was kind of a good thing if you think about it. Anyway, uh, you know, don't hit people. Um, friend, <laughs> your friend, you watch anything good lately? Nope. Okay, uh, me, I did. I broke down, and I watched Last King. No, I didn't watch Last Kingdom yet. But I downloaded Paramount Plus. So I have Paramount Plus now. <laughs> I downloaded Insane. I downloaded Paramount. Well, I, I, listen, sometimes. Did you, did you cancel them? <laughs> no. Um, but why? Why do you need all of them, though? Because I just do, man. What That's if I insane. get rid of them and then one of the. I sound like a hoarder. What if I get rid of them and then the, the one I get rid of comes out with a new show that's like everybody loves it and then I have to get it again? So just keep it and then you never have to get rid of it because you have it. You always have it in case a new show comes out that's like people are talking about. Anyway, a commercial got me because we were supposed to go see Jackass Forever. We didn't end up going and go see it. But Lost it's it. well, it's now streaming on Paramount Plus, man. Wow. So I didn't have to go to the theater. I just downloaded Paramount Plus and I watched it on Paramount Plus. And it was so nostalgic, but it's also funny. So to go back to our conversation at the beginning of the pod, I watched the first Jackass when I was like eight. It came out in 2000, 2001. And it's now 2022, over 20 years later, watching Jackass. And I remember being a kid and being like, oh my God, these guys are crazy. And this, that, and the third. But now like they're, they're, they'll always be older than me, but now I am older and have have had had injuries and lived life and gotten more sensible than being an eight year old and being like these guys are crazy oh mm-hmm. look they're covered in shit it's hilarious and it's still hilarious but a lot more of the stunts I find myself being like oh his back like you you yeah. you think about the the next day yeah when you're older and you're watching this so watching Jackass I saw Johnny so many guys got knocked out in the in the movie mm. like just doing stunts and just hitting their face on the ground I go oh my he's got a concussion I didn't know what a concussion was when I was eight right I just go man he got flipped by a bull that's fucking hilarious but watching it as an adult you really feel it and that was an interesting like that's comes with age yeah like all that stuff like you don't see it the same I wouldn't say I like outgrew it but I definitely looked at it differently I still thought it was great I loved it and loved seeing the guys I love Johnny Knoxville and it's good to see Steve O'Clean and Preston Lacey, all the guys, the big, the big guy, and Wee Man. See, all it's all great. But then hearing them say stuff like, "Man, that one hurt." Man, I'm 50. You're like, damn, that's a 50 year old man who <laughs> yeah. just like drank pig cum. You're like, wow, this is um, maybe this would be the last one. Maybe you guys hang it up. Let's retire from this. And watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's crazy. You know, it's 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 like it's insane bullshit. 
but it is it's it's it was a fun ride and it was it was it was it was good to see the guys again like That's it, good. it really was it really is it really was good to see them again and see them do something that i watched so much when i was a kid remember the jackass show yeah oh my god man i was like it was like i couldn't believe these dudes existed i was like these dudes are crazy and then now you're older and you're watching the show and you're, you're just, my reaction was very different. I was surprised. Mm. I turned it on ready to be like, let me fucking, what are these guys getting into now? And it was a lot of like, oh, no, no, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Like it was a lot of like concern. Mm. It wasn't as much like, oh, this is crazy. It was more, oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. I really thought about the hurt part, which I had never done before. Interestingly enough. I mean, the last time a jackass came out was like 10 years ago. Yeah. So even then I was like 19. So I still wasn't thinking about the hurt. But in this one, I was thinking about the hurt, man. This is post-ruptured Achilles. Sometimes my sciatica gives me a little trouble. <laughs> you know, I got some stuff with me now. Got a little... The trees the trees lost a little bit of the the, 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 uh, the, the bristles, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel the stuff a little bit more when I see stuff like that. Same right. thing when you were like scrolling on TikTok and you see somebody fucking fall really hard. It's not yeah. like a, oh, shit. You're like, ooh, yeah. his knee. That type of shit. Yeah, man. So I recommend Jackass, and I'll check out The Last Kingdom. I've heard a couple people talk about it. So I'll, I'll add you it. heard a couple? I've told you to watch it. I know, man. I don't really trust your your opinion. Is like, why not? It's not valid. You My opinion is not valid. You don't watch enough stuff to tell me what I should watch. That's why I should be valid, though. That should go, oh, oh you should watch you this. watch this? You should watch this. That's why I should be valid. You should go, yep. I think I should give it a try. If Fran's watching it, and it, it must be good. It must be good. I don't think that's a fair bar. I don't why think not? you should get that kind of credit, because you don't watch anything, and I should go... Well, since he watches this, he must, it must be I just can't, I don't see how people can just sit in front of, I can't, I just can't do it, man. If I'm not watching basketballs, I just can't, I can't sit in front of a TV and just watch something. I just, I I literally can't do that. Watch something entertaining and informative? That's crazy, man. If I do, I got to watch one episode a week. So you've never watched, no, because that's a lot, because now you're watching Last Kingdom. But I haven't watched it in like a week. That's crazy. So you watch one episode and you go, I watched, man, that was so good. I watched three. I guess I'll I watched be, three episodes. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, that's yeah. what I, but that's, I do that with anything that I like. Anything that I like, I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do like three of these. That's no, like, you don't. that's like new. You binge them out. No, no, no. I don't know. Not in a day. I watch like two to three. If I watch one, if I watch a show and I go, I like that. Let me do two more. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the whole show in a day. Watch a season. Now here's what I say. <laughs> if I let me let me clarify, let me go ahead and clarify on that. If I don't have anything to do, yeah, yeah, I could I could knock a season out of a show. Yeah, if the whole show is like been done. See, a lot of shows, a lot of these um things are going back to weekly release, so which you can't good. really which watch. Is good. It is good. good. It is you know something before we get out of here because I just want to touch That's on that because I haven't. I did not know how much I missed that until they started doing it again. Until yeah. a couple of the net like Disney Plus does it. Uh, HBO Max does it until a couple of these places started doing it and I went I kind of like being like theorizing yeah. and being like what's going to happen next week instead of just watching it all in one shit. day yeah instead of watching it all in one day and then it's done yeah Prison Break was like that uh, what else um, I don't know how I can't think of this damn show <laughs> um, Eisen- Eisenhower whatever his name is Eisenhower what's his name I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Eisenhower the is president he- no what the drug show. The drug show. Yeah. Eisenhower. Heisenberg. Wow. Heisenberg. That's wow, what Wow, your is. brain is interesting. That's it. Yeah, I'm just looking at you. Really, I really made my head turn my head sideways because I really got a glimpse into. Wow. Yeah. 
that's interesting how your your brain <laughs> just is like different. Breaking Bad. That's what it is. Eisenhower. Yeah. That's, I was close. I'm also terrified I that I got it. I was close. I scared myself that I got it. Like yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I like I wasn't that far off. Initially, all you said was Eisenhower. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck. I was like, what show is that? But yeah, no, I, I'm a fan of weekly releases yeah. again. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. I do like it. And it really brings anticipation back. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of stuff that I thought we had moved past from social evolution, I went, yeah, you know, you just watch all the stuff. That's yeah. how everything is at your fingertips whenever you want it. And now I got a, I got a little glimpse of like 2004 again where you had to wait. And yeah. I like it. And I missed make, it. Companies probably pay, make more money too. Oh yeah, because, building up, oh, building up, and people on social media talking about it. That's a and fact. Stuff like that. yeah. All of that is a fact. As a matter of fact, that is why Netflix is losing because you go, Stranger Things comes out. You watch Stranger Things that weekend. And you gotta wait, and then, no, no, and it dies off. Yeah, exactly. You watch Stranger Things. Everybody spoils it that weekend. Everybody talks about yep. it, and all of it. It's all this hype, this big hype for uh, five days. Whereas a new Disney Plus Marvel show comes out, and they get a month yeah. of commercials and press and. Yep. Anticipation and tweets and engagement yep. and all this stuff. So companies are really learning that's the better way. You, people can wait. Netflix, they about to lose me, man. Um, I will say that if there's anybody that's gonna fall off, it's gonna be Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is they really had they, hold, they had they run. they're holding on by a thread. Like when I'm going to just watch TV, it's never Netflix. I'm just looking for something to put on really quick. Yeah. HBO Max has South Park, so Netflix. I just put on South Park mindlessly. Yeah. Or Hulu has yep. King of the Hill. Yep. Netflix has nothing that I just go. Let me just put on. I just put it on in the back. They don't have anything. They they got rid of uh, Always Sunny. Yeah, that used to be on there. They got rid of. They got rid of a lot of shit. I only go to Netflix with intention. Like they have exactly. a they have a documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch coming out. You won't know, be watching that. Why won't you be watching that? You were there. I don't care, man. <laughs> you didn't have I as much. You didn't have as much. You didn't have as much fun. You didn't have as much fun. I did. I was in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't make it out like that. You, you were there. We, we had you in the mix. I was in the back. You, we had you in the mix. I was, I was folding. I was. I was keeping the stock. You know, <laughs> stocked up. But I, I, I did have fun. So I really, I identify with being somebody coming up to you and being like, "Hey, um, unbutton your butt, your shirt more." You know what I'm saying? Like you feel like a slut or something like that. Like, don't talk. To I do want to see it because I do want to see the behind the scenes type shit. That's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Do don't act that. like that. You were. There. I was joking. Yeah, you were there. That. But I only go to that to Netflix with intention. Yeah. Or I'm Top Boy. You know, Last Kingdom shit. is on there. I gotta. There you go. See, so they're holding on by a thread. Me for you is Last Kingdom, and maybe it'll be Last Kingdom for you for me after I watch it. But for me, it's Top Boy. Top Boy is holding me on there. Still, it's. I'm telling you, you gotta watch. I'm telling you, I do want to watch. It's that. all about getting the food. Bro. I do want to watch that. All about get getting the food. They get the food. They feed the block. You become Top Boy, man. Still, I'm telling you, it's ruthless, bro. Roadman, like still. Oh man, I mean, it's, uh, I don't even want to get into it. It's sad. I mean, you know, I mean, I was just like, yeah, man, I need some apple juice, still, man. It's a coincidence, still, man. In a minute, yeah, I will just be in the house, just. Yeah, man. I think I'm you, a nut, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I, don't think I, I think I'm a nut, but you know, it scares me a little bit. Man. I embrace it. <laughs> anyway, I'm Nathan Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 